Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Three cheers for His Majesty the King. <laughs> do you hear the sirens just to kick us off? <gasps> I do hear them, actually. <gasps> Brooklyn, Brooklyn is excited for us. They're ready and pumped for our episode. New York doesn't know how to be quiet. All right, we're back with another episode of Royally Obsessed. It's so lovely to see you over Zoom, Rachel. Hello, always, how are you? Always, I'm good, I'm good. I'm Rachel. I'm Roberta. A few uh, reminders before we dive in. As always, follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Email us info at gallerypodcasts.com. And another reminder that our shop is currently under construction, so it will be back soon, but it is offline for now in case you wanted to check out the sweatshirts and totes that we have. It'll be back online ASAP. Rachel, there's been a kind of a quiet royal week, but we do have a lot to catch yes, up on. Yes, let's kind of savor that for a minute, but we do have some news always. COVID and Camilla, is this 2022? What's happening there? We're going to talk about that. Some coronation updates, specifically the Queen Consort's crown announcement. William and Kate are on midterm break. We know that. We also have the BAFTAs this weekend, their grand return. And we have a Bee Gees mention. So there is a lot to discuss. A Bee Gees mention? I didn't Threw know that in this. there. It changed yeah. my I have no idea what that's about. <laughs> and now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. But first, of course, we always leave time to sip a royal refreshment. And this week, this is very on theme, and I love I'm it. I'm loving this. We made the BAFTAs Golden Mask Cocktail because you have to have the right drink to watch the BAFTAs, of course. Of course. And so the BAFTAs sponsor, the alcohol sponsor, one of them is Woodford Reserve. So this drink is it's called the Golden Mask because of the trophy, obviously, from the BAFTAs. And it's champagne, Woodford Reserve, apricot liqueur, and bitters. And you would think that champagne and whiskey is a bit of an odd combination, but it was actually delicious. I loved this. Yes. And I think it's the apricot liqueur that really makes it. I probably put I way too much in mine. add that note. Don't try to mix it up without the apricot liqueur, <laughs> which is what I attempted to do before this episode. No can do. Does not work. So... <laughs> Essential ingredient, but very festive for this week. And I will say apricot liqueur is like under $10 at your local store. So it is easy to get and it definitely makes makes the drink. The Golden Mask, if you wanted to sip that on Sunday, which is when the BAFTAs air. Woohoo. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, but yeah, I feel like it was just such a wild week, Roberta. How has it been for you? The Super Bowl was like, I was thinking of Dave the whole time. Oh, and Diana, but Dave. <laughs> Disappointed. I feel like, yeah, that was my main emotion, I think, on Sunday night. It was an exciting game, though. But it was so course, exciting. And your yeah, favorite commercial e was what again? Oh, oh, I loved the, um, this wasn't my favorite, but I feel like Bradley Cooper and his mom for T-Mobile, it was 
hilarious. She, like, was making fun of him the whole time, and it was just really funny. I thought they did a good job with that. There were some really good commercials. I feel like there was one... Oh, the farmer's dog. I mean, I was sobbing about... So a, it was, like, the trajectory of a dog's life. It was so sad. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, it was an exciting game, and Rihanna had an amazing performance. Oh, did you watch the performance? I was just, like blown away Floored. and just the respect <laughs> levels being pregnant i just couldn't couldn't handle it but yeah it was so so fun i was, was doing really googles fun. throughout to see if there was i was like prince harry super bowl just like from last year you know still living in my brain but uh but he did not make it i mean it made sense last year because him and eugenie in la it made so much sense but anyways i know i speak for all philly and eagles fans when i say that it definitely was a really tough loss but i'm gonna be a good sportsman and say Great job, Kansas City Chiefs. They played well. So next year, maybe next year. Yes. I'm hoping. I think that we're in a good Shall spot. Shall we move on to our listener email? Let's do it. Okay. Lena wrote us a note after our episode with Omid. We kind of have a backlog. We're getting to as many as we can. You guys have been writing us wonderful notes after the episodes. Thank you for that. Got lost in the shuffle, but here it is paraphrased. She started us out Thank you for being the number one Royals podcast for me. Always the best. And I listen to many Royal podcasts from around the world. Well, thank you. That is so kind. Thank you. She can't stop thinking of all the struggles and difficulties in the British monarchy when it comes to developing modern roles. She says, I can't understand why King Charles doesn't see the obvious solutions right in front of him. For many years, other monarchies have slowly changed, reorganized, and adjusted for a more modern society. A good example is King Harold of Norway, whom Prince Harry recently mentioned when it came to addressing racism. You also have King Willem Alexander of the Netherlands, who not long ago spoke of and who not long ago spoke of and apologized for colonialism. I think King Charles needs to look and learn from the other royals in Europe. I mean, it's a good point. I know. And I love the listeners who also follow all the other royal families. I feel like that's one one thing I would like to do this year is pay more attention to the rest of Europe and all the monarchies. But yes, yeah, such a good point. I know. I do think in general, though, it's like that media relationship is what needs to be sorted. And I'm optimistic, maybe I hope not wrongly optimistic, that Charles is the one that can do it. But, you know, I think about what Tina Brown said, where it's like, He's kind of this like palate cleanser king and Clive said like an interim king, but it would be great if he could tackle that exact problem. I don't yeah. know that he will. I do feel like Harry's memoir shined a light on on really some of the horrible practices going on in the British tabloid media specifically. So they need a big reset in terms of how they approach the royal family. For us to trust them again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. This week in royal history. This week in royal history. Flashing back just a year ago to February 20th, 2022, when Queen Elizabeth tested positive for COVID at age 96. So early last year, we'll put this in context, there was that Twitter hoax about the Queen's death. And so we were all on pins and needles. You remember that weird tabloid site ran an article about that she had died. Mm. Everyone was on pins and needles about this. February 10th, Chuck and Camilla test positive. I'm calling him Chuck for this episode. February 20th, Buckingham Palace announces that the queen has mild cold-like symptoms of COVID. She's receiving medical attention and that she was fully vaccinated, which I think we all assumed back then was like the shot and then two boosters. I believe that was this moment in time. It's such Mm -hmm. a moment in time. I feel like you can kind of even remember like, oh, you got your first booster. Did you get your second one? Like remember now the boosters are kind of blurring for me. Like I feel that. Right. Yeah. I'm like, how many boosters do I have? 
four boosters now? I don't even know. Um, It it was really a tough and anxiety-ridden time for all of us. BBC interrupted their programming to read out Buckingham Palace's statement that the Queen had tested positive, and they read it out four times in a row because I think they were all just... We were all so worried. She was 96. She's at that vulnerable age group that was really... This was such a stressful time for so many of us. And I know that now we feel kind of like it's all gone away, but I just keep thinking about how anxious and nervous we all were when somebody came down with COVID. Mm -hmm. And I think it really was, there was all this anger directed at Charles too, because we knew that he had just tested positive and Camilla as well. And he had seen her a few days prior, seen the queen, I mean, and then she tested positive. So we, <laughs> I feel like the whole world blamed Charles for this. And <laughs> he's like used to being blamed for everything at this point. But we do know now that in April of last year, the Queen said during a Zoom call for the opening of the Queen Elizabeth Wing of the Royal London Hospital that it left her very tired and exhausted. So it seems like Buckingham Palace really downplayed it at first with the mild cold-like symptoms quote. I bring this all up to say that this week in royal history is very apropos for what's going on this week, actually, which is that Camilla has tested positive for COVID. Again, this is her second time. She had to cancel a ballet school visit. It was the 100th anniversary of this ballet school. She was supposed to go on Valentine's Day, which would have been, you know, kind of a lovely Valentine's Day engagement, but she had to cancel that. Her first time with COVID was really rough. I looked back at the archives, Rachel, the quote that she said during a video call, Camilla Mm -hmm. said, it's taken three weeks and I still can't get shot of it. Probably my voice might suddenly go and I might start coughing and spluttering. She said it was awful. But I have to say, this could be because they've been so busy. They had five engagements last week, three in one day. Charles and Camilla were everywhere last week. So you know, it's got to catch up to you at some point. The lack of sleep, I don't know. It's well, a COVID year to... is still swirling. I mean, it's I feel like the here. number of people yeah. around me that keep going down with it. But you know what's been on my mind in relation to this all week because I've been DMing you just randomly. I'm like, this is just something for you to read later, Roberta. But I'm I'm listening to Spare. So this is like my second time going through it. And the engagement stuff is what I keep thinking about too. Oh, is yeah. like, you know, that her engagements, Camilla's are obviously canceled this week. But you think about how Will and Kate are on midterm break, which we're going to get into, but just how much Charles controls who goes out when. And then you have this engagement report, which Harry shed light on in the book, that how much they really are deciding who can go out when, yet people are getting flack for not being hardworking. And there was that whole bit about like work shy wills and stuff. Yeah, I think the pressure that that puts on them too, because Harry said it's kind of like the family's little gathering each year where they talk about the sovereign grant and the court circular and all these things that track their engagements. So there's this competition within the family. And that to me feels so wrong that you would pit members of the family against each other. Well, I think especially if there's this hierarchy too, where you have someone saying you can go out now, but you can't go out then because it would overshadow the press I might get. And that's what it sounds like from what Harry said is going on. So anyways, I just, all this talk scuttlebutt about what's getting canceled this week and what's staying on the calendar with the COVID diagnosis has me in my head. It's been in my head as I re-listen. Yeah. And our best wishes for her getting well soon. I feel like hopefully Charles doesn't come down with it. It is very odd that it's a year to the day that they last got COVID. So just very strange. also honorable mention for this week in royal history charles and camilla were actually engaged february 10th 2005 and 
February 14th, we obviously know Diana announced her pregnancy with Harry in 1985, and Megan, 36 years later, announced her pregnancy with Lilibet. So I thought that was a fun little honorable mention for this week. Yes. I love that this is kind of turning into the Camilla episode because it's like the Camilla crown. COVID, the coronation. Yeah, let's this get into the This is a great coronation. segue. Yes. So I think the big news is just that we finally know what will sit atop Camilla's head when she is crowned alongside King Charles on May 6th. There was a statement from Buckingham Palace. The Queen Mary crown has been removed from the Tower of London. And this specific crown was created in 1911 for Queen Mary, who was King George V's consort. This ends weeks and weeks and weeks of the controversial debate over whether or not Camilla would wear what the queen wore for her coronation, which included the Koh-i-Noor diamond. This is also interesting because it's a sustainable choice. It's a first ever rewear, and it's being reset, though. It's adding the Cullinan 3, 4, and 5 diamonds, which the queen loved and wore all the time. She called them granny's chips, but it's still controversial because these diamonds were, quote-unquote, gifted to Edward VII from South Africa in 1905, cut into, I think it was nine major diamonds, and there's calls to return the Great Star of Africa, which is the Cullinan One as well. So my head is spinning. I, I feel know. like this history was lesson that a lot? is so that was fast. A lot. <laughs> I know. I know. My what? gosh. I was it's like jewelry history, kings, queens. I, wow. So, okay. so much. Cool. But it's great that we know what will be on her head, but I, I feel like they skirted one controversy, but it still is kind of controversial, and that has is what I'm kind of thinking a lot about, you know, won't this have a lot of attention when she is crowned still? So I saw that they're also removing like some of the arches from the crown and it's going to actually look really unique, which I am excited about. I'm yes, excited to see yes. how it looks on her head. But I do agree. There's there's always going to be controversy when it comes to the, the crown jewels. jewels. Yeah. Agree. Well, so that was a cool update to get. We also I'm calling it the emblem in the intern because I think the main thing the the national we got the official emblem for the coronation. But did you see that it was misposted and like a low no. res? Apparently it was like misposted as a low res version. Maybe I saw this on Twitter. Twitter originally and they had to replace it. Oh, and an intern posted it on. I'm just joking. I don't oh, know. Oh. <laughs> but it's like somehow I thought they it came forward and they were like our like intern messed up. Yeah. Version of it. But I mean, what do you think? It's like it, it's interesting. It re- it's reflective of Charles. It's a tribute to the flora of the four nations. Oh, I actually think it's gorgeous. Yeah. I am like really, it's really grown on me, pun intended, with all the flowers. <laughs> I Love it. I love that it incorporates all different flowers. I think that it's really vibrant and cool. And I feel like it's interesting the branding guidelines that they released, right? Because they have a whole like guidebook to the branding and that you can use it in certain places. And that's and interesting. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm familiar with this stuff because I work on branded content for my yes. my day job. And so I do see these brand books a lot from from clients and companies. And so it's exactly the same as what you know, any company would produce for that. Um, and yeah, that you can use Charles and Camilla's likeness and images on certain things for the coronation. So Rachel, we got to work on some merch for that. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. I think just but I a do couple... like it. You don't like it or do you no, no, like it? No, no, I the... do. Oh, I love oh, okay. how colorful it is. I, I just, yeah, I think that it's exciting to see the, you know, the official announcement of that. And just a couple quick book updates that are now coming down the pike. We have Robert Jobson. You caught this, Roberta, on Twitter that he is going to have a new book called Our King, Charles III, the Man and the Monarch. That is set to come out. Do we have it's available for pre-order? I think May. May 3rd, May. Yeah, probably time of the coronation. Yeah. We also know Chris Jackson has a book coming out, Charles III, a King and His Queen. And I did also want to mention, because I got a pitch about this, Roberta. Did you see there's a King Charles Little People Big Dreams book coming out? 
Oh, what is Little People Big So dreams? I have one for Finn. It's like a kid's book that tells the okay. story of the monarch. I have one about Sir David Attenborough that's all about how he got to be where he is in his passion for, you know, conservation and and the, you know, sustainability and all that stuff protecting the environment. But this is what made me laugh because the Telegraph had a piece about this book coming out and it has to talk about the ups and downs of Charles' life. So it says, you know, it talks about Lady Diana, his bride. She looked like a fairy tale princess. And there's a line, reminder, this is a kid's book, but the couple had very little in common and ended up separating. And then when it gets to Charles, it says, to Camilla, it says, when Charles married Camilla, his closest friend for 35 years, stop, <laughs> they bought him from Oh my god, the P the PGification of yes. Charles's life. I love it. It made me laugh so hard. Anyways, that's all. Coronation coming up. Coming up 80 days. I just checked. 80 days. Tickets the on sale for the it's coronation f- concert. Not on sale. Lottery. Excuse me. Not on sale. Oh yeah, we gotta get tickets, Rachel. Oh, we can't because we're not British citizens. Dang it. Dang uh, it. Well, if anyone's listening that's a UK citizen, let us know if you got tickets or applied, I guess, for the lottery. All right. The Wales is a quick check in with them, just that they're on half term break right now from February 10th to the 20th. That's really long for the kids to be out of school for 10 days. Rachel, what? I actually think that's just a week, though, because it's like you add the weekends, you know, it's like nine days plus the weekends. Is that right? It's just that they do have really long school breaks. And I I think that's the length of fins, to be honest. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. So that's normal. I was gonna say, I feel for parents that have to like figure out what to do for 10 days. Um, we we know last year for the half term break, William was in Dubai. He had a visit to the UAE, and then Kate was getting ready for her Denmark visit with Crown Princess Mary. So they have been a little busy though, but behind the scenes, it's a low key kind of engagements that they've been doing, and they did donate to Turkey, which we haven't talked about on this oh show gosh. yet, but which is so heartbreaking and devastating every day the headlines i I know my college roommate is from she lives in istanbul i've been in touch with her to make sure her and her family are safe yeah Mm. i know i've been talking to her a lot about it i mean it's just the most unbelievable tragedy so so sad and so king charles the third and why did i say that so weirdly chuck (laughs) i I said i was gonna call him chuck this week (laughs) chuck and camilla donated to the Turkey and Syria earthquake efforts. William and Kate did as well. They tweeted about their um, sadness over the news. William also had a surprise visit to the Ipswich ambulance station. And I thought this was really what nice was because it wasn't, I saw it it wasn't bubbling really up. advertised. Yeah. So he visited this ambulance station. He It was kind of a surprise. There wasn't, you know, the Royal Road of photographers. And a nurse there actually baked him these royal themed cupcakes. So obviously it wasn't a surprise for them that he was coming. But these were really cute. It was a crown and a flag. And I love that. He FaceTimed with this nurse's kids, actually. And we're going to play... The teenager who he FaceTimed with posted a TikTok of it. It's gotten over 700,000 <laughs> views on TikTok. So we're going to play the clip from that. Who's the guy into the corner? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> are, you, are you guys doing any work? No. no. <laughs> so we're at lunch. It's lunch. Your mother's feeding me her cake. Yeah, look. <laughs> So it's a little hard to hear, but he in the beginning says, Who's that in the corner? He looks like Ed Sheeran. It's this redhead guy. And I was like, 
What does he look like, Prince I Harry? I thought this video <laughs> was very endearing. I thought it, it was, was really cute. It was. And because it was so unscripted feeling. Yeah. I liked that. I know. I did too. And I, I, it was funny that he was like, these cupcakes aren't very good. Like, I wouldn't tell Mary Berry mm-hmm. about them. But, th- but he went on to say that, like, he, they released a tweet afterwards and he said that they were delicious. And a lot of people were taking that as like he was insulting her cupcakes. Like, oh, no, see, I just loved that. I thought that it was, was a, hilarious. Yeah, like, I think the teenagers loved it too because they were all laughing and kind of like, it's a great ah, this joke. is awkward and crazy. I know. Um, but we will see them on Sunday. So the BAFTAs are obviously Sunday, which we mentioned. It's the first time since I'm so 2020. Excited. I know that the Waleses will be on the red carpet for the BAFTAs. So 2021, reminder that it was pushed to April and the Duke of Edinburgh passed away. So they missed it for that. And then 2022, they said, quote, their diary constraints wouldn't allow them to go. So this will be the first time since 2020. The past dress codes, I had to look this up because I'm so excited to see what Kate wears past dress codes one was sustainability one year when she rewore an alexander mcqueen and another time they they advised i don't think they said you have to but they advised people to wear dark colors for the war in ukraine so Mm -hmm. we'll have to see what the theme is this year what do you think she would wear i mean i just i love jenny packham whenever she busts that out but it could be alexander mcqueen or sustainable or the james bond gold dress maybe maybe rewear that with a different hairstyle too i would love to see that super splashy i'm i would love that to dot all the business appearances we've been having for Kate. I just always think of the Brad Pitt moment. I can't not bring that up. I bring it up all the time. Well, and this year will, it'll be really interesting to see Kate and William in the audience and their reactions because there is going to be a tribute to Queen Elizabeth during the show. Helen Mirren is going to make that tribute. So that'll be really interesting. You can watch it in the U.S. on BritBox. It's going to air at 2 p.m. Eastern time. And there is still a seven-day trial for people who haven't used BritBox yet. Or I saw this today, $2 for the first two months if you sign up by February 21st, which is next week. So you can get BritBox for $2 for the next two months. That seems so worth it to me to be able to watch this. There's also going to be a YouTube live stream of the red carpet on the BAFTA's YouTube channel starting at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday. I don't know if I'll turn into the whole four hours (laughs) of that, but I definitely think it'll be worth it to see the red carpet, see what Kate's wearing first before anyone else. So exciting times. I know. I love the choice for Helen Mirren because she obviously played the queen in that movie. I think that'll be so fun. I also can't help but wonder, like, will it be Kate and William at the BAFTA's and this year... Harry and Meghan at the Oscars? Could that happen? <gasps> Wait, <laughs> when are the Oscars? The Oscars are upon us. I feel like it's usually end of Feb or early March. Oh my God. No, there's no way they'll go to the Oscars. Why March not? 12th. It says March 12th for the... But why wouldn't they? I mean... I could see it. I could see it. We'll see. I guess they could. I guess they could. They New are life. like media content people now. So interesting. Are we ready for our highs and lows? Yes, let's do it. All right, before we adjourn, it's time for the royal highs and lows. My low, Charles's holy socks. Not that kind of holy. Has a hole in them. He visited a mosque last week and a photographer took a picture of his feet when he took off his shoes. There was a hole in them. Why is this so heartbreaking to me, Rachel? I'm so upset because I think after reading Spare and learning about how limited the especially the men's clothing budget it seems like and how they really do wear things till there's holes in them harry talked about his shoes that his dad got him that he you know wore till there was a hole in the bottom and a photographer caught that and so just like makes me really sad like it's a gilded cage and i wish that they could just i wish they could spend their own money on new clothes it's weird right it's strange because they have a lot of money (laughs) it doesn't make sense to me 
Milo is this whole back and forth dialogue about Kate the hugger. We obviously saw the whales is doubling down with some hugging, big, deep hugging shots, one that was posted like front and center to their social media. But then you also had the Daily Mail headline, Kate is, is a hugger, dot, 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 if she likes you. Ugh. My like, jaw's on the floor. <laughs> and when you read a little bit of the blurb, I mean, I didn't click through. I saw it on Twitter. But maybe Kate just doesn't like cuddling up to scorpions. Like, the vitriol has to stop. Whoa. Yeah. Not okay. Weird. Also, I was like, wait, Megan's not a Scorpio, but you no. said scorpions. Oh, yeah, scorpions <laughs> is what I said. I hate that. I know. And I feel like – but it, it does feel a little orchestrated, which is why it's Oh, it does. There's I've, like uh, – there's some doubling down. I have down some weird on. feelings about it because I'm like – you are making an effort to hug people that, that I feel like normally you wouldn't, but also, but yeah, the media is also making it out to be this big thing too. Mm-hmm. So um, my high this week, Rachel and I snag tickets. It's a, it's a joint high, I feel like, because Rachel and I snag tickets to see Fergie, the Duchess of York in New York City, March 6th at the 92nd Street Y. She is going to be, be promoting her new book, the only thing about this is I have a little bit of a low nestled in here too in this high because I'm so excited to see her with you. We have second row seats. It's going to be amazing. Cannot wait. Any Roros who are in New York, try to get tickets. We'll join our try row. To all <laughs> say hi to each other. Yeah, in our row. But the low is that the announcement, the PR announcement, said that she would be willing to answer questions about the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. That what? Feels so icky to me. Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah, and that she would be answering questions oh, about the no. Queen too. But it's like, oh, you're not going to answer questions about your ex-husband Prince Andrew, who's a alleged. Like, I just, I I feel weird about that. That feels very money-grabby to me, and I don't like that, but we'll have to see. Hmm. I hope they still let me in after saying this. <laughs> okay, I promised a Bee Gees mention, my high. The video yeah, of the August oh, for his oh. birthday, I watched that so many times, Roberta. His <laughs> little wiggle as he was walking, that was a zoo, right? They were at some sort of... Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely joyful. It was adorable. I loved that. For his birthday. Total oh high. Gosh. I'm just going to pull August that up content. whenever. It's like cute baby videos. That was adorable. So good. I could so see... Like, I, I thought it was Finn probably when I first saw it. <laughs> like, I could so see him doing that as well. Finn at loves, a zoo, loves to dance. And he loves the zoo. All right, just a reminder before we close, we have a lovely review from Sarah Peds RN in Arizona. She said, love it. The only thing I'm mad about is I didn't find this podcast until recently. I love when a new episode pops up. It makes my morning. This content and the fun vibes is exactly what I've been looking for. I've definitely found my people. <gasps> Thank you so, Sarah, so, so coming much. at you. This episode drops Thursday. Woohoo. Yeah. Leave us a royal rating like Sarah's pretty, please. We would love that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode and follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Till next week. God God save save the the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.